This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review, again on Sunday the 29th of October. And Matt, I didn't think I'd be speaking to you again, no offence, um, on this day. But uh, a statement has been announced by Bristol City, which I'm going to read for you now. Nigel Pearson has left Bristol City with immediate effect after being relieved of his role as manager. City Chairman John Lansdowne said... This was a difficult decision to make as we recognise and appreciate how much Nigel has done for the club over the past two and a half years on and off of the pitch. Nigel is highly respected by the staff and players and has been very supportive of the academy structure and our women's team. We all wanted Nigel to achieve our ambition to be promoted with our recent results. Feel that now is the time to make a change to give the club the best possible chances of success. First team coach Jason Newell and head of medical performance Dave Rennie have also left the club. Assistant manager Curtis Fleming will take on the role of interim head coach supported by Ali Hines and Khalifa Cisse as the club seek a new head coach. Matt, your initial reaction, please. I was shocked. Um, I was shocked. Obviously, we were there yesterday. I spoke to a few people that that told me it was a possibility today. Um, and I was shocked when they said that yesterday. Um, I think the statement is a fairly standard statement that you expect. Most managers get thanked for their efforts and everything else. I don't necessarily agree with some of what's put in there. I certainly don't think you can talk about your ambitions when you constantly sell your best players and Nigel Pearson in particular has had to work with a massively reduced wage bill. Uh, I think it was always, always going to be very difficult for him. Um, But like we said on the podcast this morning, Patch, fundamentally it is a results business and Nigel Pearson's record from a results point of view isn't great. So on that basis, it's not, you know, unusual. But what I would say is, I don't think I've ever known a manager with that kind of win ratio as popular as Nigel Pearson is. I mean, you're probably talking 90% of the fan base reaction that I've seen have been one of of disbelief and, and not thinking it's the right decision. So it's like anything. At the end of the day, get the right person in next, then Nigel Pearson will be remembered. But our track record at appointments isn't great. So that's what my my big fear is. So when Nigel came in, he was exactly the type of manager that we needed. We had a a team of players that needed someone to come in with Nigel's sort of culture and attitude and and things like that. So he absolutely came in at the right time. He steadied the ship with constraints and things like that. And yes, it's it's a shock how it's how it's sort of come, but clearly with six months or whatever to run on his contract, uh, there was a, a, a decision to be made and they were unable to commit. And it sounds like it's, um, you know, it, he's they pulled the trigger, it, so to speak. It, it felt fairly clear to me as a fan that they had no intention of renewing his contract. Um, I don't think you get down to six months of a contract with a manager that you want to keep. So on that basis, again, it's probably the right timing uh, two games before an international break and obviously before a transfer window. 
So I kind of get that. But you're right, Patch. He came in. Um, he's had to manage the, the football club, really. Um, sadly for him, he lost Richard Gould, um, a CEO who was fantastic for the club. Um, and they seem to get on very well. Um, and there's been obviously a, a lot of changes since. But yeah, it, it's... It's just a shame when any manager goes. But, you know, I look back at when Steve Cottrell left, who, you know, I think was number one or number two in our, our poll that we did. It was the right time for Steve Cottrell because he, he even started arguing with fans. And when that happens, Nigel Pearson hasn't got that. There's not been that kind of reaction from fans. There isn't any bed sheets and in, you know, in, on Winterstoke Road for Pearson out. So on, on that basis, I think it's a surprise. Um, as I say, my worry is that we get in someone like Gary Rower, like Dean Smith, who were successful in previous, you know, in previous um, regimes and previous appointments. But you, you talk to fans about the football that the teams played. I, I want an exciting brand of football. You know, let's let's look at a, I don't know, a young, innovative coach or someone. Let's not go for an old guard because for me. By doing that, what's the point in getting rid of Nigel Pearson if you're going to do that? Okay. So Nigel Pearson's first match he managed was the 27th of February, a 3-1 home win against Swansea. And uh, his record is 131 games managed, 42 wins, 31 draws, 58 losses. That's a win percentage of 32%, 24% drawn and 44% loss. Uh, so let's get a couple of fans' reactions. We, we've got a bit of a panel situation going on here. So um, I'm going to come to Rob Skeets, first of all, who sat with a shirt and tie on. Rob, how are you feeling about the news? Uh, I'm gutted because I absolutely love Nigel Pearson. Um, I know, the, I, as Matt said, it's the results business at the end of the day. But I tend to look at what he's done um, in his first two years, what he's had to deal with in his first two years. And then with this season, it technically was his team. Um, but he hasn't actually had the chance to play his team from the very, very first game of the season. And we could all go on about injuries and all that. It's it's not an excuse, but it is an excuse, isn't it? It, when people say it's not, it is. It's, I know everyone else gets gets injuries, but yesterday um, pitified that with twelve players, right? Injured, oh, yeah. um, and and for me, it's I'm yeah, I'm, I'm proper gutted for it. That's why you're sat, that's why you're sat sat there with a shirt and tie. I'm paying paying respect to Nigel Pearson and. Um, yeah, obviously, I meant 2021 when I read out the when that fixture was Swansea away. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's been, it has been. I think I saw the other stat the other day that he's the second longest servant manager in the championship. So we have had that sort of level of stability over the last two and a half years. But uh, yeah, we've had some, we've had some up times, we had some down times, which is, I think, that's part yeah. of the course with Bristol City, isn't it? So. Yeah, well, it's 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 the championship. You look at look now, it's like the bottom half of the championship. Within two wins, you could be in the playoffs. That's how tight it's always it always has been, and we've always been in and around there. I know people say about uh, we're a, a mid-table championship side anyway, and the the, um, the Lansdowns don't want promotion. I can guarantee you now that Nigel Pearson and the Lansdowns sat down and said. At the end of the three years, 
we want to be up and around the uh, the playoffs. Or obviously, something has happened. The injuries is a good point there, Rob. Because is it is it also, you know, a, con- a coincidence? I'm not wrong word probably, but with Dave Rennie going as well, you know, is there something around not only the results from Nigel's point of view, but for Dave Rennie as head of sports science performance, whatever the role was, quite unusual for him to go with a managerial exit. Well, yeah, yeah, you're I know they were close, and he brought him in. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, you're no, you're right. But most of the injuries that have happened, as Nigel explained yesterday, was during the games. Yeah, 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 you, you know, and and you can't, you can't but, but is, that. No, no, no. But is there something in terms of rehabilitation, in terms of reoccurrence? I that that was the one. I was more surprised at Dave Rennie going than I was at Nigel yeah. Pearson going. Um, so it, yeah. it could be anyway. anything with that one, Matt. Could be well if 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 Nigel's brought me in, I'm 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 he, going. He might have even said, solidarity yeah. or whatever. It, it, you know, exactly, but but for the club to say that they're going as well at the same time makes it look like a club decision, doesn't it? So and quite strange that Curtis Fleming, who Nigel Pearson brought in, is remaining in caretaker charge with Ali, yeah. and there was someone else as well. I think when they when they're a third. Person, don't know, maybe it was just the two, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Tim. Yeah, but, but uh, that's it. Sorry, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just saying, like, that, that's it. He hasn't had this season his his first team from the very first game, and then the very first game happens, and then Tommy's out, and he comes, <laughs> he comes back in his in uh, Tommy's first game, and he scores two goals. Mm. So that's what you know, we've been missing important players from the very start and it's just everything's gone against him <laughs> okay let's bring in uh, another fan i think tom is now ready to talk northern tom carlin tom come in sir how are you i'm very well mate thank you for having me on again um no worries how are you feeling about the situation absolutely good to be honest um nigel pearson for me was exactly the sort of manager that i wanted in at city especially after lee johnson and dean holden left the club I know he's had his um, hands tied of injuries, exactly what I'm Rob just said, but and it is a, a results business. But he's there's just something about Nigel Pearson. He's the sort of manager if player play with could play with play for, should I say? Because there's a lot of talk of ex players, and I don't. I'm, I'm not so much sure about current players, but everybody has a good opinion about him and everybody wants to run through a brick wall for him. And he's the sort of manager I feel like I'd probably want, not necessarily in football, but probably at work and stuff like that. He just, there's just an aura about him that I really like and really respect about him. And I've never met the bloke and I just felt like I had that little bit of a connection with him. But as Matt says, it's a results business. And I was reading some stats on Twitter earlier, played 131, 142, drawn, drawn 31, lost 58. So just good though, absolutely good. I, I really thought we could have done something special on Denage. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much, Tom. And yeah, I completely get what you're saying there. He had that sort of uh, aura about him that sort of commands a room when he walks in, and that's great as a as a leader. Um, that we shall sort of get a few more fan as, opinions now, Matt. As fans, it. as fans, though, Patch, um, we've we've openly said on the podcast. We'd we'd like to have him, him to have come across when I've made a trip yes. to Middlesbrough 
come across to the fans and just applaud them. And there were times when he kind of went to the halfway line in. Well, if you, you remember, know, Matt, when, he, when he first started, he he sat in the stand for ages and we exactly. mentioned it week after week after week. We want yeah. to see our manager in the dugout directing yeah. things and actually being a presence there. Because if you look across and see him in the dugout, then there's that impact to, to be had. And and yeah. to be fair to him, he did listen to fan opinion or listen to someone's opinion and did come and sit down in the dugout. But uh... Exactly. And I, and I know it's pantomime and I'm not saying, oh, well, let, let's appoint, I don't know, bloody Christopher Biggins because he'll come and stand in, you know, wave at the fans and what have you. Is Christopher um, Biggins available? He's, I know he is Cat A coaching badge, so right, who, okay. who knows with an approach. But, but do you know what I mean? Like some, some, of, some of my greatest memories or happy times as a City fan was the Gary Johnson banks around, the Lee Johnson banks around, Steve Cottrell with the way that he was. And and getting that fan engagement does G up the crowd that little bit more. And, and, that, and that isn't, Nigel, I know that. And that, again, goes to my point around just how popular he was without really going that way with the fans to make himself popular. What's it? It's quite a strange, strange situation with him. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Right. Let's bring in Tim. Tim sat on his sofa, probably watching the football in the background. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Just wanted Harlan to get a hat trick from a dream team, but he's just been (laughs) saved. (laughs) Brilliant. Tim, how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, it's shocked, I think, is probably the word. I'm not exactly angry or anything particularly or gutted, but just shocked that the timing of it, I think. Uh, I think I've said before on, on our chats and stuff that I thought, they probably assess things at Christmas, I thought, would be the time to say yes or no for a contract and for it to happen after a game where he only had the bare bones to pick from. And uh, and you, you, normally when we're thinking a manager's going is you can sort of sense, well, he seems to have lost the players or lost the dressing room type thing, like Lee Johnson, Gary Johnson, Dean Holden, nice bloke. But you could tell the players weren't really believing in the manager. Mm. We looked at that performance yesterday. They gave everything on that. It just weren't good enough, basically. But it wasn't through lack of effort. I think most of our games we've lost have not been through lack of effort. So it's a weird one to see the manager go with the players actually playing for him. Although we've always said there's probably a bit of a lack of quality there, but is that necessarily his fault? So yes, yeah, yeah, that's point. where I stand on it. A really good point around um, you know the fact that there's there's been no clear losing of the dressing room and uh, and, and and things like that but uh yeah i think with, with regards to leaving it to a christmas he's clearly someone who said right i want to know now do you want me yes or no and and you know they haven't been able to provide the answer and then i think you know reading between the lines and things like that, they've taken the decision to, to 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 end the relationship now if you like yeah i i think from the statements stuff here, i think there's a you know I'm not sort of saying anything bad about the Lansdowne head, but there's obviously a clash of personalities, I think, between the Lansdowne and Nigel Pearson. And like you said, Richard Gould, I think, is a is a is a big loss to the club as well because things seem to flow much smoother when he was around and he was in charge. So I guess he was probably the natural buffer between the football side and the board side, you know, maybe. And they obviously had a decent relationship and stuff. And, you know, you felt when, you know, we went to the um, the fans forum that they did, I think it's at Hen and Chicken, um, Rob was there as well. I think Matt was there. It was Nigel Pearson, Brian Tinian and um, 
that on there and that was really 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 good really open quite harmonious as well weren't they the three yeah and and richard gould was very clear about you know when people started trying to say to nigel you don't like loans do you richard gould was one that stepped in and said ah but if you consider the finances involved for one kid we were told this 18 year old was going to be our top earner if we accepted that deal etc it was all very clear and very straightforward he was very articulate at that and I don't think that helps Nige, Nige's position either because there's been no voice piece apart from him um, within the club. Because when the new CEO came in, for whatever his faults or good points were, we didn't hear from him, did we? So Good point. Okay. Right, let's bring in Andy Hall. Um, Andy's Bang Bang podcast returns tomorrow. That's the only reason he's come on. Andy, how are you, mate? Hello, chaps. Yeah, nice to, uh, nice to come on and have a chat. Shame it's in, in these circumstances, really. Yeah, how are you feeling about it all? Well, I, I was always kind of in the middle, really, with Nige. Probably more favouring to the, you know, there's been various points over the past two years where we've been on bad runs and you felt he wasn't that far away from, you know, getting to the point where the crowd may turn and he may be in danger of losing his job. Um, but this season, like you guys were saying, it seemed to be a lot more harmonious since Tinian had come in. Uh, there seems to be there seemed to be a bit of a sort of clear hierarchy from the football side of things at the club and there was a talk about us having a vision and identity wasn't there nice seemed to be part of that um but like you like you said like results are results and if you take out the Rotherham game and the Coventry game I mean the Rotherham game we were pretty poor up until the last sort of 10 15 minutes weren't we and the Coventry game was a, a, a minor kind of miracle we we managed to come out that game without conceding the goal so I think it was five defeats in the last seven so if you take those two wins away I mean they had the Stoke game where we, we we threw it away but um but there are extenuating circumstances the injuries squad and that kind of thing so to answer I'm I'm shocked that it's happened now um I felt if we went to the weekend's game and and lost then I could see the potentially the crowd turning at that point and those conversations might start happening. But but like you said, with the contract being up, his own physical state as well, when he being on crushes, needing the sort of back surgery at some point, if you're looking at it from a contract point of view going forward, would you give a guy a new contract who's got a, you know, an undiagnosed neurological problem on the back of the results not being that great? Um, it does kind of add up to where we are today, I think. Yeah, Andy, it took. I think uh, in this day and age, aren't, aren't they actively encouraging in the marketplace that you give jobs to? And of I course, think yeah. You can not, can you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Matt, just looking at Nigel Pearson's record. Um, yeah. And I was thinking, right, next question I could ask is, what's your favourite Nigel Pearson moment? And, and for me, it came on the thirtieth of October, uh, twenty twenty one. That first home win that he that he had in uh, in eight months of management against Barnsley, where we we saw him sort of look up to the to the gods almost and throw his arms open. What's your favourite and- Nigel Pearson moment? <laughs> And and do you know what, Pat? If I, if I remember that game correctly, we got away with it a bit late on as well. It was a little bit nervy, and 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 actually, whilst we've been in lots of games, and we said this morning, I think this season, yesterday was the only other than the, the Birmingham result where it's been more than one goal that we've lost by. That there haven't actually been many great moments under Nigel Pearson's tenureship, and that's not you know you 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 
I would struggle to name you a game where it was kind of, oh my God, that was a brilliant atmosphere and what a brilliant performance. You know, we were fantastic. Th- there weren't too many moments like that. Probably the Swansea away this season mm-hmm. um, would, would rank there. Um, and, you know, a, a game, and I, I, I'm, I was still very much pro Nigel Pearson, um, but there were a lot of games tactically that I didn't think he got it right. I think he was out tacticianed or whatever the phrase would be, out tacticked. Um and for all of the things that you know we've talked about, outsmarted that, that Rob's talked about and things like that, you know, there there are times where you've kind of looked at it and thought, oh wow, I like I don't know what he's doing there, or why is he making the change on 60 minutes again, or why is he not making the change? But in all honesty, I've probably said the same thing about every manager I've ever watched. You know, that, that happens, doesn't it? But there, there weren't too many standout moments from Nigel Pearson's point of view, which is again making my point of it's a real surprise that he hasn't been, you know, had fans chanting him. I can't recall many, if any, chance of Pearson out ever or any you don't know what you're doing. And that that's almost you know, with the young fans today, that's almost kind of expected with any manager, isn't it? But well, yeah, certainly. So, in and the... answer your question, Swansea this season. Other than that, I can't think of too many. Yeah, there was the five nil win at the end of the season um, against Hull, which obviously true, was yeah. um, was a good moment, and you know, getting the best out of Semenyo, Martin, and and Vyman as a as a mm. season as well with all of those. Yeah. All of those goals that he got, uh, and that seemed to work. That that sort of formation of having that magic front three, and um, you know, that it was all looking rosy going into the next season. And we had a, a fairly good start in the twenty two twenty three season with, uh, I'm just counting up now, six wins in the first ten. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, it was um yeah there was there was definitely some definitely some positives there. But uh, Andy, your thoughts on a favourite Nigel Pearson moment and what we just talked about. I'm, again, there's nothing really that sort of stands out, is there? And it's the same, really. I can't remember that many real. I, I think back to we've spoken about it a few times, like when um, when managers normally get the sack. There's normally a moment where the crowd goes, and you remember a yeah. game where you think, yeah, that's that's where things went really badly. And I can't remember that many real horrendously bad performances as well under Nigel. We'd lose games where we didn't turn up really, but no real sort of. Well, the, we've, we've only stinkers. been sort of put to the sword, so to speak, a few times. I'm just looking through the results now. West Brom away, a 3-0 defeat felt quite bad and 6-2 away to Fulham, but they were obviously flying. But um, yeah, other than that, not not many, many more that are sort of jumping out. Um, I felt last year before the before the World Cup, when we had the World Cup in the winter, there was a point there where it felt like, I remember going to the Lincoln game in the Cup at home and you're thinking... Yeah, this feels like a this feels like a game which someone might get the sack afterwards. And because it was approaching that break, yeah. it was like it wouldn't surprise me if we made the change. Uh, but obviously we didn't, and yeah, here we are. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Yeah, uh, well, I've got I've got two. I've got a, a Nigel Pearson moment and a favourite game. But my favourite Nigel Pearson moment was uh, Greg McGregor told the story. It's when we was um, playing Swansea away during lockdown, and I think um, Gregor was able to sit behind the um, players or be a little bit closer to the players. I certainly hear what Pearson was on about anyway. But um, I think the story goes is that at half time he came out and he had the wrong gilet on and he put his hand in his pocket. And I think it was just after we went 2-0 up and he got his phone out and apparently Taylor Moore texted whoever his phone it was saying, 
expletive get in boys <laughs> we're, we're, we're winning and he turned around to the bench and went why is taylor moore texting <laughs> um, brilliant yeah i think there's a video somewhere on youtube on twitter i'll have to dig it out or x as it's called these days but my favorite um nigel pearson game and it's as recent as it probably probably gets was Rotherham away i spoke about it when i came on the pod but that's a last minute winner i was, I was at the game um so that was that was brilliant for me but and again, the only time where I've ever felt where he's probably, you know, been under a little bit of pressure was Boxing Day against West Brom. Oh, yeah, good I, shape. Yeah, 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 I, good I, shape. yeah. I, I was down in Bristol for that and I was sat in um, in the posh sheets for that. So I was only a, a few rows behind. Outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, there probably were chants in that game. Yeah, there, about, I think there yeah, was. Pearson yeah, you're right. And, I, and I've always, always been very positive, Nigel Pearson in, Nigel Pearson in, but that was the only game I've ever sort of had my head turned slightly. But Yeah, really good shape, yeah. Tom. Yeah, so that was the, as you say, Boxing Day, um, uh, Boxing Day 2022. Yeah, because yeah, um, he, went, he went on and said a few comments after the game, which I didn't necessarily agree with, but... And after that, we yeah. didn't lose again until Man City in, at the end of February. Ten on the spin, one it's definitely that was it, maybe yeah, for a few in there of undefeated. Uh, so yeah, that's a, a great show. Another Nigel Pearson moment. Obviously, it springs to mind is that is the the dancing in the tunnel. Um, I can't remember what game that was from, but uh, it's those sorts of moments, Rob, bringing you back in that uh, that have made you have that association with Nigel. Yeah. Um, and it is those moments I absolutely love him but I think Matt <laughs> what he said earlier was there hasn't been too many at all and it's so strange that we're talking about a manager that you know Lee Johnson um, uh, completely divided the the support and now, and now Nigel Pearson like uh, was was being shouted at for getting the sack at some point by some fans. And now it's actually happened. The majority of fans, like Matt has also said, is was we're all for him. Mm. So it's everything it's just such a weird, weird yeah. time to to actually get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, um, you you grow as much as they are custodians and and like players come and go, managers come and go. You as a supporter naturally get behind them and be, you have that association and you see them right. We're on all on on the same team here, doing the you know, doing our best for for the club as supporters, as a manager, as a coach, as a player, etc. That the time comes when they do go and like Lee Johnson, we were recording live when he went and he was divided hmm. opinion and, and I, you're naturally just emotional about it, Matt, aren't you? And you're, you're gutted, but it's, he's come in, he's done a job that he's done. He's studied the ship. He's, he's saved money and it, all of that sort of stuff. Let, let's be fair patch. So part of the, the Lee Johnson situation we, was because it was felt there was a very close connection with the Lansdowne's and, you know, Lee kind of, almost did what he was told sort of scenario. Nigel Pearson came in and he's, he's anything but a yes man. Um, and I'm not saying that's how the Lansdowne's operate necessarily. I think, you know, it's with the, the new structure they've got with Brian Tinian, et cetera. But Nigel Pearson isn't going to keep things to as close to his chest. The comments he made the other day, you know, I, I genuinely thought 
those comments meant he wasn't going to be around for very much longer because when you start making comments like that, the owner of any business, if you did it in your line of work about your boss, you're going to have discussions with your boss and probably find yourself on a different role. So, you know, it's it's no surprise there. But I think that's partly why Nigel Pearson is as popular as he is, is because he says it how it is. And, you know, he openly has come out and talked about the wage structure, um, I think his fans, we, we want to see us spending 15 million on Thomas Callas or whatever it is in. But when you realise then it hasn't worked in the situation that we're in, you know, and Nigel's then had to do what he's had to do. Clearly, we've got a, a team now, a, a group that play for each other. We've said on the podcast that this feels like a team very much akin to that Steve Cottrell team with them all getting on. And so he's, he's developed that within the changing room. I just do think that there's been a, a degree of communication fallout between him and the powers that be. Um, and maybe, as I said, with Richard Gould not being in that that middle role, that's kind of added to it. So I, I just felt it was it was only a matter of time when Nigel starts coming out and making those kind of, you know, barbed criticisms. And I think you've mentioned before, but, Matt, obviously when, when we've been at the HPC, he, he is a, a friend to everybody up there as well. And I can only imagine... Hey, the, What's going to be the, yeah. the catering staff said to me? I've, I spoke to three or four, um, and the security, the receptions, and they all said the best manager they've ever worked with. What a lovely bloke! And most people that you know, we've we've been privileged enough to meet him many years. He's very articulate. You can have a nice, you know, good conversation with him, but he's his own man. So that's not always going to go down well, is it? Absolutely. Okay, Andy, you had to jump in there. I mean, like like you said about um about the kind of hierarchy above Nigel. I mean, he's on his, I'm not sure what the guy's title is now, but he's on his fourth CEO as manager, almost. You've had Ashton, we've had um, Gould, obviously oh, Alexander, yeah. and then yeah. whatever the, yeah, the fellow. Yeah. And that's in how many years? Two years? Three years? Yeah, nearly three, yeah. Which isn't uh, an indicator of things being particularly stable above him, is it, really? I, I, I'm not going to go into a rant, so but the um, but I'm slightly fed up of teams that are above us in the Premier League or uh, just fed up, with, fed up with teams above us. Full just stop. fed up with teams above <laughs> us in general. But we've we've got you know um, we're very grateful to have a, a wealthy owner and you know the the, the facilities down there are amazing and he's bankrolled the club out of his own pocket for how many years you know, which is amazing. But there's no reason a lot of these clubs are above us apart from organization and, and the way things have been run. We spent more money than some of these teams. We paid more wages than some of these teams and they're above us and they're in the Premier League. So it's, you know, eventually I think it might be a case of some people needing to take a look inwards rather than taking a look outwards. Okay. Rob, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, no, I, the, uh, yeah, no. Um, the early uh, games, like Matt said, against uh, Swansea. The performances leading up to that, the games after that, we were fantastic. We we really, we just started, to, you could see the uh, the attacking, um, the, the formation, the, the strategy that, that, that we're employing now um, through Pearson, through the players he's brought in. It was excellent. We really, and we deserve to win. Some games we, you know, we didn't win, but we were there. We're competing. 
Yeah, just just another moment. Um, it just reminded me as soon as uh, Rob said about the Swansea game. Um, I remember the Swansea game during the lockdown, and then after the game, when all the players came over and they had that big huddle, that was a real special moment. I I remember looking at that and going, "Yeah, we've we've got a good one here. We're gonna we're gonna do something special with this bloke." But I I remember that moment, and I remember looking on Twitter and there was pictures of the the huddle after, and N- Nigel himself said it just came from nowhere. It was just a natural thing, and I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, good shame. Okay, right. Uh, this is only going to be a short podcast because uh, places to be, etc. But um, Matt, going to come to you first. Who do you want to uh, to replace Nigel Pearson? You can only pick one. Um, what what name is on your on your uh, tip of your tongue? In all honesty, mate, I I I really don't know. It's probably more a case of who I don't want. Um, okay. I don't want Gary Row- Gary Rowett, Dean Smith, or Neil Warnock. Probably the names being talked about, John Eustace is the one that um, you look at and think he's, I think he's 43, a young coach that might fit the mould of what we're after. But, you know, you, I think someone said it in an earlier chat. You don't know what's out there. Not I, I knew who Kieran McKenna was because I, I sort of look at Man United fairly closely. But there may very well be other assistant managers in top clubs in Europe that could come in and, you know, would be someone that, you know, why why are clubs like Brentford finding a Thomas Franks and and things like that? The guy now at, at Cardiff. So they're they're out there. Um, so it's more a case of who I don't want. But if I had to choose a name that I'm aware of now, it would probably be John Eustace. Okay. Tom, coming to you next. Again, it's a funny one. I, I really don't know. And I guess it's probably because it's caught us all off guard. Um, I probably would like a a coach to come in, if that makes sense, rather than a manager. But then again, I look on the fence of, do I, I still feel like we need that sort of aura of somebody to come in and, you know, and give the players a kick up the backside if they need to after the game or give them a bit of a shout in if they need it, which again, I don't know if that was Nigel Pearson's style, but just, just to have that sort of presence. Um, I probably sort of a little bit disagree with Matt. I wouldn't mind Dean Smith to come in, but, I think we should be looking at someone like John Eustace, if I'm honest. Okay. John Eustace has got two votes then. Uh, Rob Skeets. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd go for Graham Potter, but it's not going to happen. Um, I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss because Nige was, for me, he's done everything that he was asked for. Um, he's He's sorted this club out. And it's it, I'm, it's it's really weird. I can't I can't explain it. Potter's a good shape. I I would imagine that no, Chelsea. He's not, he's not, no, he's a, Chelsea's no, he's still not. paying his wages, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not he's not coming. Yeah. So yeah. so Rob's vote goes for Nigel Pearson to take over. Um, Andy Hall. <laughs> Um, well, I'd like to see if you, if you look at our most successful recent manager, I suppose, since within the championship, was Johnson for all his flaws. And he we got him from Barnsley, was it? Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to see us go for someone like if you look at like um Ian Everett at Bolton, done a good job, took Bolton up. Bolton are out there playing good football. The yeah. guy at uh not Williamson, uh Williams, who was here with Johnson, Luke Williams, someone like that. I think we're in a position where we can we're not from any danger going down this season, so maybe give a guy you know the rest of the season to bed himself in. And I'm I'm kind of fed up with what's going on that. 
I know, you know, we're not, you know, it's only Nige really, but I, I don't want to be going for the same sort of names you see cropping up for jobs like Smith and the Rowett and things. I like just, just go for someone different for a change. And yeah. Yeah. If they're just. Is Ryan, yeah. Har- Ryan Harley, is it? Um, not County with Luke Williams as well, isn't he? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or even like try and get someone like 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 you know like the guy at Plymouth's done a really good job and he's Schumacher. Try and be yeah. ambitious. Try and not look for somebody who's got sacked by about four different clubs already. Someone on the upper trajectory, you know, rather than yeah, a, you know, okay. a usual face. Uh, Tim knows. I will point him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, what in what in this? What's his name? Tan Hag might be available very shortly. Uh, yeah. What's going on? That's why Rob had to put the phone there because the third yeah. goal went in. He went off <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm with. I don't want Wilder, Rowett, um, Smith. That type of Warnock. That type of football. That that, that those names instigate a. Yeah, yeah, a sort of football that we've been all moaning about we don't want, that they they would bring that in. So there are no. So I think out of names, I'm like, Matt, there's probably someone out there that may be better we're not thinking of because we have sort of short notice here. But out of the ones I do know about, Eustace is the one that, again, that comes up for me. Just because at Birmingham, he had the same problem, I think, at one point, where he just had loans and youngsters, I think, and he did a good job of keeping them up. And then they were on the upward trajectory this year I think and there's quite a few youngsters in that as well so I'm thinking with the fact that with the person that comes in has got to work with our academy he would be a good fit and he's like young enough to be not in the old school mindset that we probably don't want so yeah they get my vote as of what I know at the moment so it sounds like um, well yeah so it sounds like Eustace is uh as the name on most people's tongues and that's the same name I'm I'm going to provide as well uh he's already managed bcfc once this season and yeah uh, i think it's a another a, a good fit he seemed to be doing really well birmingham city fans were upset when he left uh rooney's come in and fans are already on the banks already telling him what they think about him so it's he's there surely there wanting to to get back involved with management i don't know a great deal about him, I must be honest, but it just seems like he was getting a good tune out of out of Birmingham City, and uh, as you say, a, a young progressive manager is um, something that I think we could work with, Matt. I think he um, he's had experience internationally as well with the Republic of Ireland, if I'm right. Okay. Um, Ooh, and so I he's wonder, got some and, connections and it, there with Sykesy and Co. Well, yeah, p- p- potentially. I think it was Republic of Ireland. I don't know if someone can have a look while I'm talking. Right. I will. Carry um, on. But. The other thing with it is um, he, he's going to have a lead with Queen's Park Rangers um, because he was there and I think he was caretaker for a while. He was certainly an assistant there. Um, so you, I wonder whether has that come into play? You know, have they, this isn't a, you know, this, this isn't a, a decision that, that John Lansdowne, Steve Lansdowne and, and you know, Tins, etc. cetera, um, Tom Rawcliffe will have made last night, they will have been talking about it over a number of weeks. So would John system have come up? And because of Gareth Ainsworth going yesterday, do they then look at it and go, if we're serious and we, we were thinking about making the call, then let's do it now and let's get him in. What I don't want is another three weeks of, yeah, you know, Curtis Fleming in charge, then the international break and still no one being appointed. And then we find out we give the job to Andy King for the rest of the season. Um, you know, that's no disrespect to Andy King, but just someone who's in the building 
because they were the right fit. You know, let's go and get someone that we want to get. And if that's used this, so yeah, right. I mean, big, big conspiracy theory, but I just wonder whether that's what also forced the hand a little bit. So uh, John Mark Eustace, born 3rd of November 1979, so he's 44 next Friday, a right. midfielder that uh, played for Coventry, Dundee, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Hereford, Watford and Derby, managed his first managerial job was Kidderminster Harriers and then QPR assistant and caretaker and then Republic of Ireland assistant in 2022. And then it's from there that he went to Birmingham. So yeah, John John Eustace seems to be uh, the the name on the tip of people's tongues this time um andy so we we've spoken about uh, what what's to come and and i i guess if i'm sure he won't but if nigel was listening now what message you, would you want to say to him um <laughs> what check, out, check out bang bang podcast on <laughs> yeah, monday yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was gonna put another name in the room when you spell out uses having the experience with the uh republic of ireland i thought about lee carsley maybe he's done a really good job and he'd be doing the 21s well, yeah you might uh might fancy a big club job, but um, I mean, it's it's a shame with Nigel. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you have to thank him for what he's done the last couple of years, managing the team at a pretty rough period, having to make the financial concessions and bringing players through just to see them sold. Um, mm. so I mean, you know, what was it? He always used to sign up everything with cheers, Nigel. So I think cheers, Nigel. I think that's the message, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Tom, for you, message for Nigel. Just cheers tonight, I guess. Um, and one for the fans, stick with whoever we get in. They're, they're going to need that our support, whoever it is. And look at other teams who have sat their managers. Um, not good. Forest, Luton, look, look where they've ended up. So you never know. But just stick with him. Oh, but we'll more caveat that. If it's, yeah. if, it's Joey, if it's Joey Barton, yeah, yeah. I'm not sticking with him. So <laughs> let's just caveat that. Uh, yeah. If Joey yeah. Barton took over as manager tomorrow, you would still be a Bristol City fan? I wouldn't go. <laughs> I, 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 I promise you now I promise you now having not missed a game in two seasons I would not go if Joey Byron was manager right, so okay. yeah and he never will be but yeah I'm saying I, I promise you I wouldn't okay Tim yeah I think, I think Nigel's done a good job in what he's had to do reducing the, the wage bill sorting out you know the sort of ones that were coasting and bringing on the youngsters youngsters seem to Never seemed to have a bad word to say about him. You know, even if he played strikers at right backs and things like that, they didn't seem to mm. to uh, to ruin. They would them. play for him. They would play for him in any position. Yeah, Mark so, Sykes has proved that this week. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think he's done a good job. Of what he had to do, I think, it's a shame the way it's happened, and a lot of that's to do with injuries. I think you know the you know people like Rob McCrory we've not seen. Mm. He could have been, you know, one of the key. We've always had a bit of a trouble at right back or holding midfield player. He could have been one of those that could come in and done a brilliant job for us this season. And he's, you know, in weird circumstances, been robbed of people like him with one of his signings. That's a great so, point. You know, has it has that happened you know, before like where that. where um a player has signed and then never never actually played for the manager? I'm sure it must have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and his, and his brother Ross as well. If we could have had Ross and Rob, we'd have been oh, laughing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I was just thinking yeah, about no, the next so, question. Yeah, to summarise, yeah, I think he's done a good job with that. Uh, yeah, there's been times where we've quite all questioned his team selection. I think that I was getting a bit disheartened with him coming to the lead up to Christmas last year when we were terrible. I think at that point I was on the verge of agreeing with other people saying I think yeah. he's got to go but that's the only point I would say in his tenure that 
it got that like was, that. That's a good ten yeah. months ago as well. That he yeah. tur- he turned that right around and went. The swingometer went from very much everyone, not everyone. I mean, we know a few people for sure who definitely aren't Nigel Pearson in, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just saying I did cycle past the blue flame earlier. I'd have waved to wave cheerio to Nigel on my way through. Had I known this was about to happen, yeah, we should <laughs> see if he was in there, right, Matt? Yeah, just just to address some balances, I think pretty much on this pod. We were all probably pro Nige. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to name names, but one, one of our other contributor, contributors who wasn't so pro Nige had put this earlier. And actually, this was this morning, so before even the sacking, when we were kind of talking about it. And he said, Do I think that given the budget reduction in wage project, squad size, non reinvestment into squad, and unfortunate year on year injury crisis, Nigel Pearson is doing a great job? No. What has he achieved today is now history. Is he the man to take us forward from today and onwards? No. Will he be given funds? No. Will he allow different players like Masenga and Mameti to play naturally and thrive? No. Will he motivate players and give them a confidence to play expansively and with a freedom and expression? No. Will he connect with the fans, embrace the media world we now live in and start to show some positivity and media awareness rather than being closed, arrogant, passive, aggressive and extremely hard to listen to? No. Will we have any chance of making the playoffs with him? No. Will a new manager with the same financial restrictions reach top six? Maybe not, but it could be worse. Probably not. It could be better. Quite possibly, yes. What has happened? Think about where we go from today. We know what the board will do. Um, can Pearson get any more out of the squad? No, and injuries will always happen. Squad size will always be the same. It's up to the manager to get more or less out of them. From Man City down, there isn't a team in the land that doesn't want a bigger, stronger squad. The football is more often than not average to poor. The communication is the worst I've ever known from any manager, and the disconnect from fans to the club is close to a, a previous era. Time for a change to simply freshen up ideas and players' approach. So, you know, just to give it a, a degree of balance, in the, in there the are seg- fans that think it's the right decision as well. In the, in the segment where we're all giving Nigel a message, it's, uh, it's, it fits. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in a different part of the, the segment. But, uh, no, I, I mean, can... for me, in terms of Nigel, I, I, again, you know, I wish, first and foremost, I hope he gets his health situation sorted. Absolutely, um, yeah. And, you know, that he's, he's back and able to fully enjoy life. Um, I think he's still got something to offer. And so I think a, another club would be definitely interested in him. Um, and I think it is a real shame that it's not worked out um, because I do feel given the right back in, I do think that, that Nigel Pearson would have taken us very close. I really do. Yeah. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed having Nigel Pearson here for sure uh, uh, on a separate to the football uh, matter. He's been a big advocate of the former players association, which obviously, you know, I'm involved in and he has always wanted to meet the former players, especially the ambassadors and, and things like that. So um, a great, uh, great advocate of that. He has a, he has had a, a roller coaster time over the last two and a half years. And that's been evident to see from, from his managerial record. And, and yeah, it's, it's come as a, a bit of a shock. And I was hoping that there would be some resolution and some agreement in the near future, but obviously it's not worked out. The board who control things have decided to go a different way. And we anxiously now await the, the, the announcement of, of the next manager. So we, it remains to be seen 
on that. So here we go from here on in. We'll be back with the next podcast next Sunday for the review of the Bristol City versus Sheffield Wednesday match. And who knows whether it will be Curtis Fleming, Ali Hines and Khalifa Cisse in charge, or it might be a different manager, but it remains to be seen. Thank you very much to Tom, Tim, Andy, Rob, and obviously Matt for joining us on this impromptu emergency podcast. And yeah, we'll be back soon. Cheers all. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cheers, Nigel.
Oh,